How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me slash growth. That's hbs.me slash growth. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Joyce Barry and Friends, the number one worldwide radio show. The show is outrageous and it's contagious. It will lift your spirits high, you'll feel that you can fly. Transform your attitude, fill it with gratitude. Cut loose and improvise. It's coaching time today. Joyce is a great coach with an extraordinary approach. Fast on the upbeat, top of the heap. A wild motivator, great stimulator. Unstoppable in a humoristic way. Life lessons with passion, joyfully today. You want Joyce as your coach if you want this to be your best year ever. Coach Joyce here. I want this to be your best year ever. I want this to be my best year ever. I want this to be the best year ever for Beverly Nadler, her fabulous daughter, Dr. Denise Nadler, her other daughters, her friends and families, and all our friends and family and loyal listeners worldwide. And that means Welcome to Joyce, Barry, and Friends. We are broadcasting live across America and around the world. This is the Hour to Empower with stimulating talk, views you can use, memorable quotes, and powerful life lessons. We always have hot guests and cool topics. We even have cool guests and hot topics. You always want to tune us on, tune in, and tune up with us to hear the best of the best. You do not want to miss any of our shows. Each show goes into our archives. Log into Joyce Barry and Friends.com, Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E, and you will see each guest and each topic on our homepage. You can play and download any of our shows, always informative, inspiring, and motivational. You want to share these special shows with your friends, family, and contacts. You can follow us on Facebook and become a Joyce Barry subscriber and even a fan by going to our Joyce Barry and Friends fan page. Be sure to check like. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us by going to our Blog Talk Radio homepage and clicking follow right below my picture. You can also message me in any of these venues about our show, about our guests, about anything. My official website is JoyceBarry.com, Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E. The chat room is open. Log into the chat room, have fun, and chat away. I go back and forth into the chat room during the show to see what is going on in there. Motivation, inspiration, and an education. Positive, happy thoughts to improve your life, health, and finances. Take positive actions to create a gratifying lifestyle. Life lessons from me, your host, Joyce Barry, straight from the Coach's Corner, and then you will hear from our wonderful guest today. 
folks, every day should be treated like a special day. We wish you the finest of friends, the opulence of opportunities, the magic of miracles, and the happiest of days. May this year be your best year ever. excited about today's show, The Wisdom of Kabbalah. I'm excited about it because I've always known a little bit about it, but not the kind of uh, tidbits and wisdom that I expect to hear today from our health guru, Beverly Nadler. It has been called Jewish mysticism and magic, but Kabbalists call it spiritual science. It is science for the soul, and it is open to people of all religions, races, and cultures. Kabbalah answers the questions, who am I? Why am I here? What is the meaning of life? If these are your questions, join us as our health guru, Beverly Nadler, takes us on a fascinating journey that presents new and and exciting spiritual insights. Uh, As I said, I know little about it, except that Madonna was a big fan of Kabbalah and many other superstars. I figure if it's good enough for Madonna, it's good enough for me. Welcome to our show, my friend, our health guru, Beverly Nadler. Hi, I'm delighted to be on the show. Uh, always enjoy. I look forward to Thursdays, and I'm particularly excited about presenting this information. Having read about uh, 27 books on the subject, watched TVs, <laughs> That's uh, videos all. on it. That's all. That's all. But there's actually thousands of books on the subject, most of which are not about what we call authentic Kabbalah, meaning Kabbalah as it was originally uh, given to um, Abraham uh, over 4,000 years ago. So the Kabbalah I'll be talking about today is primarily what has become uh, modern Kabbalah, the the themes that are accepted and um, considered to be the, the foundation. But there is more information on this subject possibly than anything I have ever encountered. And you know how much information I have on nutrition and other spiritual things and personal development. This was an amazing journey and will continue to be because there is so much uh, to be learned. So I'm delighted to get started with it. And unless you have a question before I begin, here I go. My question is... I just have to acknowledge the surprise. I know how much research you do. I know how many books you read. At least I have an idea. I'm just stunned when you said that this, there is that much information. I know there are classes on it, books on it, but I am stunned that there's that much on it. So I can hardly wait to hear your condensed version of of (laughs) years of research and reading and writing and all of that. 
Okay, well, of course, it is a condensed version, but I will do my best to bring forth the most important themes and those uh, listeners who are interested. I'll give you some websites at the end of the program so that you can continue your studies. So Kabbalah began over 4,000 years ago when Abraham received direct transmission of this sacred knowledge directly from the Creator. He also wrote a short book explaining what the Creator had revealed to him, and he openly taught uh, this information um, orally, mostly, in his tent in Egypt. He was the first Kabbalist. Kabbalist is one who bonds with the Creator and actually knows the mind of God. This does not mean that everyone who studies Kabbalah, like me, um, is it can, can be called a Kabbalist. Kabbalists uh, study for years and years and years and do various practices, and um, they have an intense desire for the spiritual life. I have a desire for the spiritual life, but I'm not a Kabbalist, but I do find that having the information is extremely valuable to me, and I think it would be to anyone who does have any uh, spiritual uh, growth intentions. At any rate, um, after the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem, which was in 70 BC, Kabbalah was no longer taught. Uh, before that, we have um, Moses, who was the second, what we call the second great Kabbalist. But uh, today we have um, several, and I'll tell you about them at the end of this show, and again next week when we do part two. The word Kabbalah means reception. That's what it means in English. And it refers both to reception, that is the receiving of this sacred holy knowledge. That's number one meaning, and another is reception as far as we are concerned people how do we receive receive what receive god's love and light receive the energy of the creator that sustains this entire universe this what i'm talking about now the this whole concept on reception will be clearer as we continue but something i found very interesting uh, in my many readings, was that in Israel, the word Kabbalah is all over the place, and it has to do with um, receiving a, a receipt. It has to do with receiving people as they enter into the hotels and events. This is not the original meaning, but since the word is translated into reception, it, it is used that way. I want to begin with some of the basic foundational concepts, and as some of them I'll explain in more detail later, again, either today or in part two, which will be next week. So mark your calendars next Thursday. We have part two of the wisdom of Kabbalah. The first concept is that there is none other than God. There is no other God. God is all there is. And that is the creation is actually a, a part of God. Now, remember, t today, this is not um, a concept that's 
unusual. We're getting more and more of this understanding or knowledge of this is coming through. But these, this teaching began 4,000 years ago, over 4,000 years ago. Another concept, everything in this universe is connected. There is a hidden order. Now, the scientists call this the butterfly effect, and you may have heard of that. They say the way they often express it is when a butterfly um, flaps its wings, you know, in in Tokyo, uh, we have a tornado in Minnesota or something like that. Uh, This is just discovered recently by quantum physicists. And again, this was stated over 4,000 years ago. It was not at that time called the butterfly effect. (laughs) Another concept, and this is possibly the most important one because it has to do with how we live our lives on this planet, and that is the fact that we, all of us, everyone is connected, that we have all come from the same soul. The root of our soul is the same. Uh, The code name for that is Adam. We are completely bonded with each other. When we came down here, there was something that happened in physical creation uh, that we don't feel that connection. But the fact is we are all bonded together. And when we lived eons and eons ago before physical, uh, the physical world, there was no sense that there was anything but being bonded both to the creator and to the creator's creation and everything within that creation. I do find this totally fascinating. And uh, I'm glad you referenced the butterfly effect because that all kind of like puts things into perspective as well. Right. There, there's so many things that the Zohar, which is the main text of the uh, Kabbalistic teachings, uh, is explained 4,000 years ago. The Zohar wasn't written 4,000 years ago, but the information in there first was first revealed for the, over 4,000 years ago. Another concept... Wait, February, I just wanted to ask, uh, I just wanted to ask about I, the butterfly effect. Is that kind of like the story of a hundredth monkey? Um, there's a similarity, but it's not exactly the same. With the monkeys, uh, there was a relationship between them. They were all monkeys. You know, one monkey going to uh, getting the message from another monkey, even though there was no verbal message or they didn't physically come there. Whereas the butterfly effect, um, the butterfly is in one place and uh, the tornado is in another. So what it's showing in the butterfly effect is that everything affects everything and there is a hidden order. And we on this planet Earth, unless we know the mind of God, are not privy to the divine plan. Thank you for explaining that because I find both of them uh, fascinating. And they are, most definitely. The butterfly no... effect and the monkey effect. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they call it the hundredth monkey effect. That's the I way know. Ken, and Kai's uh, worded it, and it's been taken up that way. It's a very interesting phenomena. Uh, there's no such thing as death. Uh, that's something that we on this planet are so frightened of, but actual Kabbalists uh, have no concern whatsoever. In fact, the 
the um, what is recognized, uh, who is recognized as the greatest Kabbalist of the 20th century. His name was Rabbi Yehuda Ashlag. Uh, when he passed, before he passed away uh, on his deathbed, his son asked him what he wanted him to do with his body. And his statement was, I couldn't care less what you do with this bag of bones because I know where I'm going. I'm going home. So there's no such thing as death, but we are all souls. We're not bodies. We enter physical bodies in order to experience life in physicality. And our purpose here, our spiritual purpose, is to return to our original state, to be bonded with the Creator, to live once again in that state of of unity, of perfection, of joy. But first, we as humans in human form must transform our nature, which will be explained later and also again uh, next week. And until we do that, we will return again and again into physicality. That's what um, reincarnation is about, and um, the fact that we don't die is verified, and you've had people on your show to even verify it, because they had what are called near-death experiences, but they're actually brief-death experiences, and they went into another world. Everything yes. that it, and we did do a few shows on that as well, absolutely. Yep. Everything that occurs in the physical world is an effect. It's an outcome. Reality exists in the non-physical world, the world in which we lived for eons, again, in unity and peace and joy and fulfillment. And as I said, we will return there. How long will it take? Well, There's no such thing as time in the spiritual world. The spiritual world is called by Kabbalists the upper world. Some Kabbalists call it the 99% reality. And what they're referring to is the fact that this world, this is called the lower world, or the 1% reality, is that the reality, the real reality, the truth of what is the unchanging truth, is not here on planet Earth. It exists beyond planet Earth in what we call heaven, but the, as I said, Kabbalists call it the upper world. This is the world of causes, and it is hidden from us until we transform our nature so that it has what is called, and our nature has what is called, a equivalency of form with the Creator, What that means is that we have gone through many, many, many lifetimes. We have all kinds of emotions. We have all kinds of feelings, all kinds of things that only humans can experience. But eventually, ultimately, our work is to transform our nature into the quality of the creator, which is altruism or unconditional love. That's what we're here to do. Want to know why we're on this earth? We will return here over and over again 
until we so refine our nature, which has come from all of the creation below us. We have an attribute of every form, and so much of our nature is rooted in the animal nature. But we're not animals. We're souls in human form, which is can be very animalistic. And until we learn to transform our nature, we will continue to return. The idea or the thought in the mind of God or the mind of the creator, the the word God, by the way, was uh, coined in the 6th century. It's actually um, a form of the German word for good, but it is not found in any of the sacred or holy books or the Bibles. But we we use that. Uh, Kabbalists use the word creator. So the idea or the thought in the mind of the creator was to create a creature and fill it with unending delight. And what is a creature? Every single thing that exists on this physical planet is a creature. And before that, before we ended up in physicality, God's creation was God's creature that was totally bonded, meaning they were as one. And everything in our world now happens for one reason only, and that is to fill us with unending delight. And we can say, well, look at this world. How can you say that? And yet, According to Kabbalists, that's the only reason for anything. And all of the negativity that we experience, all of the limitations and the pain and the suffering and the trauma are part of this world. And they are there because we live by a law in this world of duality, not a law of unity, which is what exists in the upper worlds. And according to our nature... How we, and I don't just mean each individual, but remember we are one soul. We are affected by everything. So the more that the vibrations, and the, and the Kabbalah actually uses the words vibrations and, and um, frequency, the more that the vibrations and the frequency that we radiate into the universe, according to that is what we attract back to us. But until we refine our nature sufficiently, we will continue to have the negative um, difficulties and problems and traumas and so on because that is part of this physical world. So what is our nature? I'm just fascinated by this journey with you on the Kabbalah. I'm I'm glad. (laughs) I'm glad that you, because I was, as I kept reading this, and a lot of times, Joyce, when I first, I said, no, can't be true. No, really? Wow. Because then they go into great, great, some of these books are four and five hundred pages, go into great details, but this is um, a condensed version, but to give you the general sense of what this is about, and those who want to know more, again, I will give you the websites at the end of this show and again next week. So what is our nature? Our nature is egoism. It is the desire and the will to receive 
for self alone. And our job is to transform this egoism as much as possible as we are on this planet into altruism, into the desire and the will to bestow, because that is the one desire, the one quality that the Creator radiates and shares throughout the entire universe, or shall we say universes, because there is such a thing as parallel universes. The light that sustains everything that exists within the universes, from the sun, the moon, the planets, to each blade of grass and everything in between. And of course, that means us. All of the, what we call energy or light, this is coming from the Creator. And it doesn't have of itself any attributes except to bestow how we use it according to our nature depends on the life that we live. And so they, to understand this is requires study. And the Kabbalists say that as one studies Kabbalah, it is, you are helped from the upper world. The upper world, you're helped by the, the light. You're helped by what we call God. You're helped by the Creator. And we kind of know that, you know, when we say our prayers or we do what we call good things for people, um, we we feel that we get uh, something nice in return. But the Kabbalists say that the desire, the will to bestow, does not... Um, have within it the true will to bestow, you know, from the greatest point of view, to receive anything in return. There's nothing that we can give to the Creator because it is everything. Everything that exists is contained but within the Creator and its creation. So this, this one attribute, will to bestow, it is simply sending its light. What happens to that light? Well, you know, from the personal development trainings and all, we talk about the energy and how we use energy. It's the same thing, but it has no attributes of itself. It is only as we use it that we find there is positive or there is negative within it. And so it is up to us as we change our nature from egoism, and and egoism is not a bad thing. It's the egoism that is simply the will to receive for myself alone, as opposed to transforming it into the will to receive in order to also bestow and share. I like that about the will to receive and the importance of that, because I always came from it is more blessed to give and receive and lots of times there's not emphasis on receiving, but rather on giving. And I always asserted they're equally important. Well, it is important, uh, but it is a particular quality that we're talking about as far as the um, uh, the Kabbalists are concerned. It's a spiritual quality of wanting to receive for an inner purpose. Um, the, the, having the compassion, the appreciation, the love, the caring that the Creator has for us. 
that is our ultimate destiny. And according to Kabbalists and other uh, teachings, uh, particularly Hindu teachings, um, we will return to that state. It is, it is part of the divine plan. There is no way to avoid it. It's just a matter of how long it takes and how much pain we experience because we have in this, in this world created so much materialism, so much interest in power, in money. I'm not saying we don't, shouldn't have that, but it is something that goes on in the, in the heart and uh, the Kabbalists call it a point in the heart when it awakens and we realize that it is the spirituality that is our true goal. Um, we begin to change our nature. And that's when an interesting thing begins to happen. Uh, there is a word in um, Kabbalah called surrounding light. I mean, it's a Hebrew word, surrounding light. Um, and it's or makif, O-R Another word, M-A-K-I-F. And what it means, it's surrounding light. But um, the Hebrew and the Kabbalists are very, very strong on acronyms. And the acronym is OM. OM. And that is considered the sound of the surrounding light. And that that sound assists us in being able to change our nature. And as most many people who meditate or are aware of meditation know that that is one of the sounds that um, we use in meditation, the om, and it has a very peaceful vibration. Yes, and that's a very popular way when people are joining hands in a circle, starting off with that. So it is uh, very, very um, healing, and it goes right inside. You feel the inner connection. And that inner connection, by the way, is a bonding with the Creator. That's what's so beautiful about it, that here, and when people feel that, that something changes. And all of the the people who have returned, and there are hundreds of thousands of them, actually, that have returned from a brief uh, death experience, uh, have returned here saying how beautiful and how wonderful that experience because they're closer and closer and closer to the light of the Creator. So it's it's actually a good thing, but I got to tell you, I'm not I'm not I'm not looking for it. <laughs> Even though I've read many books on it and many of the cases, and I'm saying, okay, it's great, but not for me. <laughs> So I want to tell you some other things that I think you'll find very interesting. Um, the, the temple, When the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed, and that was in, I think, 70 B.C. by the Romans, um, from that time on, uh, Kabbalah was hidden. Uh, they, they, that's, it's also been called the hidden wisdom. And it wasn't revealed until many years later. But during that time, in the oral tradition and also the scraps of writing and the small book by Abraham, um, many people came to learn about Kabbalah, and some of these people are uh, very esteemed uh, scientists, and uh, you will recognize their names. Uh, Pythagoras, according to 
the biographer, the famous biographer of antiquity, he said Pythagoras took all of his ideas and theories from the doctrines of the Jews. In his noted book on lawgivers, this biographer, whose name appears to be Hermippus, <laughs> accuses Pythagoras of plagiarizing the wisdom of the Jews, using it in his own, and then introducing it among the Greeks. Then a more contemporary professor, Dr. Seth Pancoast, who was living in the 20th century, professor of microscopic anatomy and physiology at the Institute of Medicine at Penn Medical University, who, by the way, um, worked with Thomas Alva Edison. He wrote, Pythagoras was one of the most remarkable men of his day. Not only was he learned in the ordinary sense beyond his time, but he was a Kabbalist of the highest order. And another famous, uh, famous among people who know the ancient biographers, um, biograph he said that Pythagoras conversed with the prophets who were the descendants of Moses. So that's just one, but there is a lot more. Plato borrowed secret knowledge from the Kabbalists and used them as the basis of his own philosophical system. Both Isaac Newton wrote that and also Dr. Pencoast. He said Plato, too, was an earnest and most intelligent Kabbalist. A disciple of Aristotle wrote that Aristotle gained his wisdom from the learned men associated with the Jews. I thought you would find it interesting that these great men actually studied Kabbalah. Yes, I find the entire show interesting. So all that I'm hearing today, I really did not know. I, I am busy taking notes, and I know as I'm getting into the wisdom of Kabbalah brought forth by the wisdom of Beverly Nadler, I am very much enjoying the journey. I'm glad to hear that. Now, in the second century, a Kabbalist who had lived in a cave for, I think, 13 years <laughs> wrote what became the forerunner, the forerunner of the main Kabbalist text, which is the Zohar, called the Book of Splendor in English. And again, it was hidden. Uh, he, this, he felt that the humans of the time were not able to understand or use the wisdom properly. And so it was hidden. And it was rediscovered in the, seventh, the 13th century, and it was published by another Kabbalist. Um, his name was De Leon. And uh, at the time, he began, people began reading it, but it wasn't particularly popular because it was written in parables and metaphors and analogies and codes. And so most people uh, were not really very able to understand what they were reading. But uh, apparently some brilliant people in the 17th century were able to understand it, and they were able to use this wisdom. 
and uh, in the 17th century. In fact, uh, there was an unexplainable explosion of scientific advancement, and some scholars contend that the Kabbalah had a profound influence on the greatest scientific and mathematical minds of the 17th century. And so here are some more examples of those who studied the Kabbalah. One is a mathematician Leibniz, L-E-I-B-N-I-Z, who with Sir Isaac Newton invented calculus. And um, he said that God had secretly revealed this information to Moses on Mount Sinai and that he was using it. Leibniz and Isaac Newton and their peers believe that it is this pure wisdom was rediscovered and revealed to the world in its genuine, uncorrupted form, and that if it could be revealed to the entire world, it would bring about peace and establish a foundation for a true universal religion and spirituality which would remove the religious conflicts that have soaked human civilization in blood. Kabbalistic writings, and I'm quoting from Alison P. Colbert, said Kabbalistic writings were generally thought to be the most important single source for the recovery of ancient wisdom, and they represented the first and pure source of that divine wisdom. And very interesting that Leibniz who was one of the supreme intellects of the 17th century, he told a Swedish scholar that he had plans for a learned society which would combine Kabbalah, calculus, calculus, mysticism, and mechanics. Um, As far as I know, that did not come to pass. (laughs) Now, Sir Isaac Newton, the man most responsible for the scientific revolution and the launching of the Age of Enlightenment, was a serious student of Kabbalah, and he went so far as to learn the English, I'm sorry, the Hebrew language. And what he said is that Moses knew the whole of the scientific truth. Newton was certain of that. Newton saw the Bible as a cryptogram that concealed the true secrets of the universe, and Newton's view of the Bible was identical to the Kabbalist. And he also said that it turns out that Newton owned his own personal copy of the Kabbalah, a Latin translation of the Zohar. And Dr. Pencoast, who I mentioned before in talking about Plato, said that Newton was led to the discovery of these forces, the law of attraction and repulsion, by his study of the Kabbalah. And another um, a scholar, Serge Houghton, identified Newton as a Christian Kabbalist. So there we have some very esteemed people who recognized the importance of the Kabbalah and what it actually means. And now there is a resurgence of this. Uh, there is thousands upon thousands of books. Um, unfortunately, most of them um, are not really teaching the Kabbalah that's in the Zohar um, because most of them don't understand it. Uh, as I said, it's written in parallel uh, pa- parables and 
analogies and codes, so it is quite difficult uh, to decipher. Uh, there are books in about Kabbalah where the Kabbalah is spelled with a C or a Q, and these contain teachings and practices, including many that are considered to be magic, and they're derived from the original Kabbalah, but they're not the what we call the authentic teachings of Kabbalah. Uh, but they're very, very interesting, and I've also read them, um, some of them, obviously, not all of them. Um, but uh, this, as I said, this program is based primarily on the Kabbalah as it is taught for the purpose, not of magic, although that's kind of fun, um, or mysticism, but for the purpose of spirituality, of transforming us. We are, we are here to change our nature, and Kabbalah offers a methodology in order to do that, part of which is not even necessarily understanding everything that you read, but having a sincere desire to know and to be once more part of that um, being that bonds with the creator and and can actually understand the divine plan. I've watched a Kabbalist, a very well-known Kabbalist of this century, um, who says that the, the Kabbalists understand the divine plan, which is why, though they predict that until mankind changes, uh, they don't have the fears and, and the worries and the concerns that we have. They just would like to see that this happens faster, that people are more in tune with, with love and peace and unity, and that they send that kind of energy to each other and that they feel the, the esteem for themselves and for their fellow man. In fact, someone asked, if you could define uh, the meaning of Kabbalah in one sentence, what would it be? And the reply is from uh, the one of the very famous Kabbalists of the 16th century. It was called the Ari. Um, his name was Isaac Luria. He said, love thy neighbor as thyself. And that is something that... Today, more than ever, we really have to practice that. Another thing I might suggest you practice is to listen to this show every day. That will uplift your spirits, enlighten you, support you, just like today's show is doing. And here in the wise words of the health guru, the, the expert on the Kabbalah, as demonstrated today, are is our friend Beverly Nadler. Listen to me. I have something to say about a wonderful way to start your day, a way to stimulate your mind and increase your energy, make you feel so good. And guess what? It's free. Weekdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, hear the Joyce, Barry, and Friends show. You'll find it on the Internet on Blog Talk Radio. This show is upbeat and fun and very inspirational. It's informative, educational, and very motivational. There's the Coach's Corner, great quotes and news. There are suggestions, perspectives, and advice you can use to enhance your life and improve your health, plus clever, simple ways to increase your wealth. 
Joyce's perceptions and personality will keep you captivated, and her guests from many walks of life will always keep you fascinated. When Joyce and her friends speak, it's like you're in the conversation. This is part of what makes her show so unique, really a sensation. For Joyce's friends are not only the guests you're listening to, they're everyone who is tuning in. Yes, I do mean you. So refer your friends and family. They'll be so pleased to know. And let's make Joyce, Barry, and Friends the number one internet radio show. Indeed. We ask that you partner up with us in having that happen. Simply go to Joyce Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E, and Friends.com. You'll see my picture on the upper left of the homepage. Please click on that, and you will get an email about every show, every guest, every topic. You need not miss any show, because if you can join us when we are live at 11 a.m. Eastern, you can access any show 24-7 in our archives. Joyce Barry and Friends.com do become a follower. You'll be very happy you did. You never know who's going to be on our show. You never know what the topic of the day will be. So there are many reasons why you should check it out because you know in one way or another our sole purpose is to make a profound impact in your life. Back to you, Beverly. Before you continue, as we're kind of winding down here, why don't you just share your website and what they can expect by going to that? It's BeverlyNadler.com, and what you'll find there is a lot of my my teachings, um, most on personal development to some degree, spiritual development. Uh, Also, there's poetry and my books in the center menu. You'll find my books you can click on. Uh, the links and find out more about them. Uh, one of them is vibrational harmony, and that talks about the laws of the universe and how we use our mind. Um, when I'm talking about Kabbalah today, um, in order for us to be able to understand many of the things that I'm talking about, it would be very helpful to understand how our mind works and how uh, the universe works, the laws of the universe. Um, I invite you there. It's an educational web. Also, information on health. Just a lot of things. It's an educational website. So I not only believe you'll enjoy it, I believe it will be very valuable. So thank you And for that asking. website is Beverly Nadler, N-A-D-L-E-R.com. That's BeverlyNadler.com. So... I know you have a lot more to sum up in a few minutes. I know you have a poem for us today. So uh, please let's move forward because we are winding down. Right. And what I want to leave you with, um, the two websites. But first I want to tell you one of the amazing things that's in the Zohar. Next week we'll be talking a lot more about some of the subjects. But here is something about creation and the Big Bang Theory. Modern science says that approximately 15 billion years ago, before the universe, we're talking about the physical universe now, came into existence, there was nothing. No time, no space. The universe began in a single point. This point was surrounded by nothingness. It had no width, no depth, no length. The speck contained the whole of space, time, and matter. 
the point erupted in an explosion of unimaginable force expanding at the speed of light like a bubble. This energy eventually cooled and coalesced into matter, stars, galaxies, and planets. This was considered to be one of the most remarkable discoveries of the century. I guess it was the 20th century when that happened because Stephen um, Hawking commented on that. And here's what the Kabbalah said. Um, this is in the writings of the 16th century Kabbalist that I mentioned, Rabbi Isaac Luria, but it was taken from his understanding and interpretation of that which is written in the Zohar, which, as I said, contains the wisdom of over 4,000 years ago. The universe was created out of nothingness, from a single point of light. This nothingness is called the endless world. The endless world was filled with infinite light. The light was then contracted to a single point, creating primordial space. Beyond this point, nothing is known. Therefore, the point is called the beginning. After the contraction, the endless world issued forth a ray of light, and this ray of light then expanded rapidly all matter emanated from that point. Very profound, indeed. Okay, what is that poem so you want to share the... with us today, Beverly? I'm sorry, say that again? What is the poem you wanted to share with oh, us today? Oh, yeah, I today? just want to give the, um, the, two, the two websites, I promised. Um, one is uh, www.kabbalah, spelled K-A-B-B-A-L-A, L-A-H dot info. That's one group. There's two different groups here. And their writings are based on the same things, but there's uh, some differences, you'll see. The other you will need to put into uh, Google. The Kabbalah Center. And the center is spelled C-E-N-T-R-E. That's the center, by the way, that uh, Madonna went to. I was wondering why my friend Madonna was left out of all the highly intelligent and extraordinary people that endorsed it. (laughs) I know there's a whole string of celebrities as well, but you would clearly put them in another category. You got it. I wanted to give the uh, the information about people who are, by human uh, standards, uh, geniuses. uh, Yes, uh, very very. Yeah. Okay, so this poem was inspired by the Kabbalah. Every morning when I awake, after the first conscious breath I take, I reflect on what today may bring. Will it be something that makes my heart sing? In case you wonder how I begin my day, I'll tell you. I meditate and pray. I ask God to reveal life's mystery and guide me to fulfill my destiny. Show me the way that I am to live. What am I to take? What am I to give? Tell me what I must learn and know. Help me evolve. Help me to grow. I know that at my core, I am part of the one, the creator that gave rise to the earth, moon, and sun, an aspect of that which guides all that is and ever will be in this awesome world of incredible diversity. And just as I am part of the one original soul, so are you. We've come here to fulfill our role. As we descend and enter physicality, we find ourselves in a strange world of 
duality. We don't remember our real home or why we're here, and we feel something uncomfortable, something we call fear. We forget we are immortal spiritual beings who can never die. So the first thing we do when we emerge is cry. Then we have a body where our soul will dwell, and it feels like we've left heaven and sometimes like we came to hell. For on earth, some things feel good, others feel bad. Sometimes we're happy and sometimes we're sad, yet we are all part of the source whose consciousness we share. It is our earthly mission to be compassionate and to care, to give comfort when we can to those in sorrow and help them see a better tomorrow, to realize that everyone is our sister or brother, to learn to unconditionally love one another. And so we continue to return to earth until this is done. Then, with mission completed, we merge at last with the infinite one. Well, Beverly, there isn't a poem that you have created that you don't ace. That was extraordinary, as always. Where does that inspiration come from? Where does that inspiration come from? Is it while you're meditating? Uh, Is it something you discovered as a natural gift eons ago? Yeah. uh, I started writing poetry when I was six years old. It's just, you know, we all have our gifts and we all have our, uh, I'd say, deficiencies, what we can't do, writing, fortunately, um, and feeling this. And uh, sometimes I just say, I think it's time to write a poem, and I'll just sit there and wait for inspiration. And in this case, I knew I wanted to write one inspired by the Kabbalah, without necessarily mentioning the word Kabbalah, because it would be used for many purposes um, other than just explaining Kabbalah. But thank I you am for guessing that. that you wrote that either this morning or yesterday in, in honor of the no, show. No, no, I wrote it two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, okay, but at that <laughs> but I knew point, I was going to so, be doing a Kabbalah yeah, show. Yeah, it was already on your mind. Well, my poems, this is a, a very simplistic. This is just a short, sweet one to make my point. Today and every day, I feel very blessed because you are in my life. You are simply the best. You are really special in all you say and do. You made a difference in my life. I'm so thankful to have you. So that's my little... my tend to keep them short and sweet and drive home the point. So I just wanted sure. to share that with you. When did you um, write that? Oh, quite a while ago. I've been going through old notes, old books, and that one just came. I just came across it. My That's latest lovely. one. That's truly one, lovely. I, I just want to say to people who are listening now, um, you mentioned before about becoming a follower and that would be one of the best things that you could, when I say you, I'm talking to people out there can do uh, to improve your life, to live a better life. Because there are so many wonderful guests, besides me, <laughs> who have so much to offer. And it is Joyce's desire, her, her will to share uh, and to bring um, information and, and uh, motivation and inspiration to people. So I invite you to do that. 
And thank you for saying that. I, I really do love our followers because they are so loyal. They're in the chat room. They're on the studio lines. Uh, I just had this thought also because we have just a few minutes left of something that also I came across that I hadn't seen in a long, long time. And I just thought perhaps today would be a good day uh, to share it with you as well. And this came from Napoleon Hill. It's called The Creed from the Law of Success. The Creed from the Law of Success by Napoleon Hill. I believe in myself. I believe in those who work with me. I believe in my employer. I believe in my friends. I believe in my family. I believe that God will lend me everything I need with which to succeed if I do my best to earn it through faithful and honest service. I believe in prayer, and I will never close my eyes and sleep without praying for divine guidance to the end that I will be patient with other people and tolerant with those who do not believe as I do. I believe that success is the result of intelligent effort and does not depend upon luck or sharp practices or double-crossing friends, fellowmen or my employer. I believe I will get out of life exactly what I put into it. Therefore, I will be careful to conduct myself toward others as I would want them to act toward me. I will not slander those whom I do not like. I will not slight my work. No matter what I may see others doing, I will render the best service of which I am capable because I have pledged myself to succeed in life, and I know that success is always the result of conscientious and efficient effort. Finally, I will forgive those who offend me because I realize that I will sometimes offend others, and I will need their forgiveness. And what that prompted me to share that with you is when you said that you could sum up or someone summed up the Kabbalah in one sentence, love thy neighbor as thyself. And then I thought, well, from the wisdom of Napoleon Hill, I wanted to share that. Well, there is on this show right now two minds with a single thought, because as I listened to it, I said this is perfect for Isaac Luria's statement, love thy neighbor as thyself. So we were both thinking in exactly the same lines. It is absolutely beautiful. Thank you for sharing it. And thank you for the inspiration today. Once again, Beverly, great show. I'm excited about next week's show, The Kabbalah, The Wisdom of the Kabbalah, Part 2. And I want to share a poem, a prayer that I created for all of you as my way of closing out the show. Make this the last day, the very last day of your struggles, your suffering, your ill health, your misfortunes, your problems, your pain, your worries, your troubles, your trials and tribulations. May this be the first day. It is the first day of the rest of your life. May it be the beginning of the very best of your life with extraordinary wishes granted and dreams coming true. Make this the most meaningful year of making more money, good health, good luck, good fortune, attracting special people and opportunities, creating magical memories, and manifesting marvelous miracles. I I had hoped that when I wrote that, it just about covered everything, and that is my wish for all of you. 
My other wish for all of you is to be happy, to be joyous, and to laugh along with us, sing along with us, and you can start doing that right here, right now, to the Joyce Barry Mass. I was listening to Blog Talk Radio when my ears heard something that I did know. From the speakers of my laptop, I heard a voice. It was the White Oprah, also known as Joyce. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. Joyce Barry mash. She is a coaching smash. He did the mash. You'll catch on in a flash. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. I felt so inspired by her show and her poetry was just so good you know i want to listen to joyce again and again as joyce would say if not now when he did the mash the joyce barry mash joyce barry mash she is a coaching smash he did the mash you'll catch on in a flash he did the mash the Joyce Barry Mash. Wow. Joyce knows all about having fun. Wow. She's a home business wizard and she's just begun. Wow. She's wow. a coaching sensation for not just me or wow. you or her. It's for everyone. You can mash. Do the Joyce Barry Mash. Joyce Barry Mash. She's a home business smash. Then you can mash. You'll catch on in a flash. Then you can mash. Do the Joyce Barry mash. Have a fantastic day and listen to Joyce Barry and friends. the high fashion hotline hi spiced apple cider is back and so are the fall trends my family needs new clothes to spice up our fall wardrobe spice up their style with new jeans from old navy old navy yep starting tomorrow all jeans from distress to stretch are on sale from 15 dollars for adults 10 dollars for kids plus get up to 50 percent off store wide all jeans on sale and up to 50 percent off store wide that's right all your family's favorite jeans are on sale starting tomorrow at old navy and oldnavy.com we can fall for that high fashion old navy valid 914 and 920 excludes in-store clearance Hi, you've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, Spiced Apple Cider is back, and so are the fall trends. My family needs new clothes to spice up our fall wardrobe. Spice up their style with new jeans from Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, starting tomorrow, all jeans from Distress to Stretch are on sale from $15 for adults, $10 for kids. Plus, get up to 50% off store-wide. All jeans on sale and up to 50% off store-wide? That's right. All your family's favorite jeans are on sale starting tomorrow at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. We can fall for that. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 914 and 920. Excludes in-store clearance.